This time on episode 297 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Runaways Season 2, Episode 4, Old School, and Season 2, Episode 5, Rock Bottom. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, August 18th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide, as long as California still exists, via www.geeks.live. Come join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Fajita Day. Yum. I can't actually remember the last time I had a fajita. Michelle, when's the last time you had a fajita? I have no idea. It's been that long, huh? Yeah. I don't mark my calendar. Yeah. So is this something that you're like craving at the moment? Nope. If I would have said Happy National Ice Cream Pie Day, would that have been better? Yes. Ice cream pie? I think that's the other alternative today. Ice cream pie day. Just ice cream. I've not heard of an ice cream pie. Like, I've heard of ice cream cake and ice cream sandwich, but not ice cream pie. Well, I think you need to go to your local ice cream establishment and ask for an ice cream pie. I don't know if I believe you that that exists. Well, it's a national day, so just don't shoot the messenger. It's there. While Haley looks that up, we're going to continue with the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series like Runaways, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of day-old banana nut muffins. If you'd like to talk to us about your favorite day-old pastry, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. We have a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can visit our Facebook page, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. We have a Twitter, at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can find our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash gunnageek. If you have an da- Amazon device, you can tell it to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And you can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GonnaGate.com network. Lauren is away for the podcast for another week. We're really hoping to get her back next week. And if you're thinking about her, send her a note. Said, hey, we're thinking about you, Lauren. And we hope you are able to come back next week. In the meantime, as I alluded to before a couple of times, we're going to be talking about the Runaways in this episode. And we're going to get to that right now. The Runaways had a couple of episodes in the second season, episode four and five, Old School and Rock Bottom. We're going to go over the creative team for each. Now, both of these dropped on the same day, 
December 21st, 2018, as all of the episodes for the second season. Haley, who was the creative team behind the fourth episode, Old School? The episode was directed by Patrick R. Norris. He has 64 directing credits starting in 1995. Those credits include two episodes of Relativity, one of Xena Warrior Princess, two of Star Trek Enterprise, six of The O.C., six of Friday Night Lights, seven of Chuck, eight of Parenthood, six of The Path, two of Rise, and two episodes of The Runaways. Rock Bottom was directed by Scott Peters. There were 19 directing credits starting in 1994. There were eight directing credits for the 4400, one episode of The Jericho, five episodes of Burn Notice. Very good show. I keep forgetting on how good that show was. It was just a, a fun, stupid detective cop show, spy show, but it was fun for me to watch. One episode of The Runaways, four episodes of The Late The Gifted, which is now canceled after two seasons and two episodes of The Star. It was written, Rock Bottom, by Jake Folgennest, who has 34 writing credits starting in 2004. A lot of shorts episodes. He was a staff writer on eight episodes of Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. He was a story editor for seven episodes of Difficult People, one episode of Corporate, one episode of Runaways, and two episodes of Liza on Demand. Now, the Marvel comics, The Runaways, this is based off of, were by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfano. So we have two episodes here, Haley, Old School and Rock Bottom. Uh, We're just going to combine them both. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is the criminal interviews. I just call them criminal, criminal in quotes, where you had the soup kitchen volunteer that they try to fire because she was a volunteer. Uh, The return of Mike the Spike, who I alluded to last episode, couldn't remember his name. Mike the Spike comes back talking about the uh, mechanical golden catcher mitts and or baseball gloves and Eiffel comes back and tries with her lawyers to get immunity. So Haley, how'd you like those criminal interviews by the pride? They were okay. I would call them more maybe interrogations than criminal interviews, but I think Eiffel was my favorite of those because I like that. They were just like, Oh yes, of course we'll grant you immunity. Cause that's just the easiest way. I can't believe her lawyers weren't like, um, you know, they can't charge you with anything. Well, I was thinking that she was the lawyers were being paid by the like the parents or whatever, and and they knew that she was being dumb about the whole thing, so they just let her go just because they were getting paid, and they could charge the minutes six minutes at a time. I believe that's what lawyers charge. I don't know. Well, I thought if it was less than an hour, they just billed you for the whole hour. Uh, that could be. It depends on what your contract and your retainer is for them. Michelle, how do you like those criminal? I called them interviews. Haley called them interrogations. Oh, good grief. That whole, you know, I'm going to threaten her with your job. It's like, she's a volunteer. Uh, 50 bucks, like, you looking around, it's like, either he didn't want to ask that much or something, but Eiffel was just my favorite. She comes in, she's just not afraid. It's typical. It was just not, it was her completely. That was my favorite. I love that she just intimidated this group who are evil geniuses and she just came in there and was like you know i'm an influencer now and i have these lawyers and like i don't care it was hilarious so these people are have been criminal masterminds up to this point they looked like buffoons during all of these interrogations i felt like they haven't been on the ropes basically it's like 
in boxing when you got somebody held up in the ropes, like they've been in control and now their kids have defied them. They've actually been on the run. They haven't come home. They haven't been desperate enough to really actually call on them. So for them, it's like their life is just has been uprooted just as much as the kids. And I think that's where we're kind of seeing where their weaknesses are. You guys aren't parents. I've been a parent for 20 some years. And I'll tell you that uh, there are times where you look like a buffoon, even though you might look, think you know what you're doing. You don't. And everybody around you is like talking behind your back afterwards going, yeah, it's kind of no, it's not right. So it does happen. But for all of the parents together to have it happen at the same time, it's just it's comical. It's comic relief. And yet it sets the tone for what the pride really are. I mean, they're killing people. And yet they're making these stupid mistakes with interviewing or interrogating people. It's just it was very comical. That's why I want to start it the discussion with the criminal interviews slash interrogations. It really depicts the parents in a certain light that, yeah, that that's where they are right now. Another main story that happened over the course of these two episodes, we got the introduction of Topher very briefly at the end of the last episode, episode three that we talked about last week. But these two episodes, one of the main storylines throughout the whole thing was Topher and Michelle. How'd you like the tragedy of Topher? I mean, you were alluding to it before you wanted to know what we thought, but how'd you like it? No, I want to hear what you think first. Okay, Haley, what do you think first? I think he's a little uh, a little tragic. You know, I think they were right to not trust him at the beginning. They shouldn't really trust anybody, but he especially didn't give them a reason to trust him. And I like that Nico found him out. What I thought after the two episodes were done... You go through this roller coaster with Topher. You never really trust him from the get go. You're never like, okay, he's he's really good. So you, you got mistrust, and you're like, he's not telling the whole story. I think there's more to it. We find out that there is more to it in the end, and particularly episode five. It starts off with him trying to tell his story of him growing up on the streets, raised by wild animals or whatever. But it's overlaid with the scene of him actually getting thrown out of this nice suburban house by his father while his mother's sitting on the porch, just, just throwing him off. So you get a little bit more information right around there. I suspect that Topher was actually a pretty good kid. And then he was out and he was working his job, either second job while he's going through school, or maybe this is him trying to make his mark in the world. And gets with a security company or university security or whatever and this accident happens he has no choice in the matter he's there he gets irradiated with the same stuff that molly get irradiated with and then he finds this stone and he figures out what it could do and it changes him now would he have been changed if he got into regular drugs rather than this special i have no idea but i'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because the whole thing starts with him just being there by happenstance. After that, he definitely doesn't have control, just like a, a junkie, an addict. And he ends up hurting his dad, putting his dad in a wheelchair. And he ends up hurting people around him. And he just wants to come home. And it's just, it's, it's all like a junkie or an addict to me uh, of what it gets to him. But 
the point that tips him over wasn't his choice. He was there and he was irradiated during the explosion. That's my take on it. Michelle, what is your take? Well, he wasn't irradiated by the explosion. He just saw the explosion. He saw the rock and then he picked up the rock. And then that's when he got infected or like that whole, you know, the first taste is free sort of thing. Okay. It's still the him picking up the rock. I mean, that was something that it was glowing. I probably would have picked it up there too. I, I can't blame him for that. Have you learned nothing from watching sci-fi? You don't ever pick it up. Don't touch anything. Yeah, just like you don't take off your helmet on an alien world just because there's the appropriate amount of oxygen in the atmosphere. Anyway, so he picks up the rock. For me, the whole Topher thing is what did it do for the overall story? Okay, so he brought them some food. That's great. Could they have broken into Atlas themselves? I mean, they obviously could. So did they really need Topher for that? Not really. It was just like a subplot that didn't really build to anything. If that's the last of him, then it didn't build to anything. Right. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's another event that drives a wedge in the group because Molly is very upset. There's an episode about like trying to rebuild the relationship with Molly and the relationship with others. And, you know, Molly does feel alone. We really didn't understand how alone she felt. I thought that was a great scene between like her and Gert. And I mean, yes, in the end, Topher had this, like, I don't understand where Topher's moment of clarity came from because he actually, he would, he had a stronger connection to Molly, but he was going to throw, he was throwing a thing in Molly's, direction but then it's throwing you know he sees it going for Gert and for some reason he has that moment to save Gert I'm not really too sure where that sort of came from considering he was closer with Molly I would have understood it if it perhaps he realized he was hurting Molly and then he would have had that shift because it was Molly for me it's just the way the rest of the season goes it's one of those things could we take Topher out so a couple things. We did get the scene earlier, and I think he was sincere. He said, the sister of my sister is my sister. So he was trying to build that relationship with Gert as well. And I feel like in the moment, he saw Gert vulnerable in a way that Molly wasn't really because they were in a fight and it was all in the moment kind of things. But he looks over and he sees that Gert is in danger and has no way to protect herself. And that was like a quick reaction thing from him. Maybe, and I'm just throwing this out there, maybe he had a soft spot for vintage Rolls Royces. That must be it. The only thing that really came from this is, yes, there's the division between Molly and the rest of the group, and Gert leaving the group and being willing to go home because her anxiety is getting to a level that she can't control. But I feel like that was happening anyways without the introduction of Topher, and she didn't really need that push. One of the things that I took from Topher's experience over the last two episodes, you really get a sense of where Molly's powers actually come from. I feel like we as the audience got that last season, but I don't know if Molly herself got that. So this was an explanation to Molly. Now, could it have been taken out of the season? Yeah, actually, Michelle, that's where I was going to go to next. I think it could have been taken out of the season. Topher doesn't bring 
anything to any of the main plots other than it's a side distraction that other people could have powers through other means and besides that it had nothing to do with with the kids or it could have been a one episode subplot instead of two episodes three really if you count the end of the yeah 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 i feel like that's a problem with the runaways is they stretch stories out over more parts than they need to be i think that's part of the problem with the pacing in the show is you know, butter scraped over too much bread. They just, they, the story, I wish the storylines were a little denser. I think part of that is last season they had 10 episodes and I'm thinking when they got renewed, they're like, okay, we have 10 episodes. And I think they started breaking down for 10 episodes. And then Hulu's like, Hey, guess what? You got 13. And they're like, what do we do for the other three? And I think that's where this suffers. It could be. And this could be a, a shining example of that. Now, when in the production run did they get the extra three episodes? Was it before they started filming, during filming? Do you know that at all? I don't. Well, it would have been one of those things behind the scenes. Oh, okay. You know, they would have gotten notified that they got renewed and probably they would have expected the 10 episodes and then they get word, you know, during the pre-production, breaking things down. That's what they do. They break down a season. And then they're like, oh, we get three more. I think that's probably some of it because one of the things about this season, it really is a slow burn. Which is one of the reasons upon some advice from you that we're taking it two episodes at a time. And I feel like we got one episode worth of movement forward in these two episodes. So these two episodes are definitely good to have in a package. And it just happened that we're offset by one. So we didn't do one and two together. We just did one. And then we did two and three, and then we're doing four and five together. So it just so happens that Topher's story spanned these two episodes, and it, it definitely could have been condensed into one. I mean, the, the criminal interviews also I could have done without. I mean, it was nice comic relief, and, and I enjoyed those scenes, but I don't think that those were necessarily needed unless you're trying to play the parents off as a fool, as we were talking about. Well, I mean, instead of having the volunteer and having Mike the Spike, that could have been one person giving them all of that information. It could have been. And they could have just found, like, we didn't need to see them talk to Eiffel. We could have just had them talking about how they saw the picture online. Okay, I want to talk about Eiffel a little bit more, but we have to do it in the context of the Back to Atlas Academy, and we've referenced that already. Well, they go back to the Academy to get this monster computer for Alex, this... 18 cores, 36 pin chip, basically, the, the CPU on the computer. No mention of a GPU to go with it or anything, just the CPU. Well, because most people don't know what a GPU is. And they need to get this laptop. And it's not a laptop that they take. It's a tower. It's a tower. It's not just a desktop. It's a whole tower. Yeah. So, okay. They go back to get this and... Uh, it's at the same time that the earthquake is, and there's a bunch of stuff that happened there. Gert goes to see the nurse to try to get some medicine. You have Chase with Eiffel, and Gert catches Chase with Eiffel. That was not discussed for the rest of the episodes, as I saw it. And you have them showing their face. I'm, I'm surprised not other people recognize them. I don't know. This whole Back to the Atlas Academy thing it was a little thin for me. Michelle, what, did you think it was thin? Especially since really all they got out of it was the computer that Topher already had. Again, I think this is a plan they could have come up with themselves and I think they could have done it. 
And I, you know, it does show, it also just sort of highlights where Gert is. We really haven't talked about, you know, Gert yet, you know, how her anxiety is really manifesting. You see her actually just continuously brushing her teeth because she, she thinks she can feel the decay. And that's what happens. I've, I'm not ashamed, you know, I have a mental illness and I take my medication. You have to take it regularly, basically at the same time. I've been on medication and then I've had like my medication. I couldn't get a particular medication and you go through this really odd transition time. And then eventually it's your body. It's almost like a withdrawal. And then because your body goes through this shock because it's a, it's brain stuff. And then what you have just manifest and the way they're portraying Gert's anxiety and what happens after you can no longer get your meds is really on point for many people, the way that happens for a lot of people. And, you know, her having to go to the hospital and such, considering the rate that she was going, you know, she was driving the car and she could have really hurt people, not just people on the road, but other people as well. There comes a point where you've got to do something. Yeah, and she decides to take matters into her own hands. And I wish she would have talked about it with others first, but that seems to be a running thing with the runaways is they'll get something in their mind and they'll want to do it by themselves. You got Carolina with her dad, and she's trying to deal with that alone, lying to everybody in the process. Uh, you've got Alex of what he was doing the last couple of episodes alone. And I, I just think it would be better if they talked it out. But it, in reality, in life, you're not going to get that. You're going to get people not divulging everything in their lives to everybody. But this this group is a family. And they've said that more and more and more and more, particularly in these two episodes, that they're a family. And you try to be a lot of families anyway. You try to be honest with your family if you want to have a working relationship, a loving relationship with everybody. and. I just see this as friction that's going to come out in the future if they play that correctly, if the writers play that correctly, if not. Okay, so Gert needs meds. She goes and gets meds eventually from the hospital. I'm glad she's getting the help that she thinks she needs. I wish she would have done it a little bit differently, though, and I'm not in her position, so I can't say either way if it's right or wrong. So it's the way it is. I'm wondering if she's actually going to wait at the hospital for her parents. I have not seen any more of the episodes. Episode five is as long as I went. So I'm wondering if she leaves or if her parents come to pick her up. I don't know. Based on the viewing of the episodes up to this point, I haven't watched past. I would assume she is going to let her parents come pick her up because if she needs to be on medication, she's not in a position to be able to buy it herself. As far as we know, they don't have money right now. And she's thinking about going forward, like when is she going to be in a position again where they either don't have the money or they can't go out in public or whatever, and she's not going to be able to get the medication she needs. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair enough. I mean, even the school nurse, if you're the school nurse and somebody comes to you and has, well, I, I'm not going to dispense medical advice on this podcast, but I would have done it a little bit differently than the school nurse did. I mean, she did the right thing and notify if I'm the school nurse, I'm going to notify and say, Hey, look, you know, the student is back. Is she supposed to be back? I've seen school officials do that before, but. But remember the school was also evacuated at that moment. Yeah. It was interesting that she remained behind. I think she was 
keeping maybe this has happened once or twice before and she wanted to make sure that everything was locked down in the nurse's office i don't know anyway during that same time period you got eiffel in there and she's asking chase for a favor and then she comes out of the room with chase and gert's right there and it's just this kind of awkward moment but then it's not talked about later and maybe it's because gert has this intense need for medication Chase has been saying the relationship is kind of off or he doesn't know if it's normal or not. I mean, he's really worried about it, but he doesn't know what to do. And then there's this moment that he doesn't even attempt to talk to her about it. So I don't know. I think that was a little awkward and and maybe it's going to manifest itself in the future. I don't know. But I would think that this would have affected Gert, especially in her moment of uncertainty that she was having. I don't know if the writers played that right or not. All right. Something that we talked about last time was Catherine and Joffrey and specifically Darius. None of Darius's storyline is in these episodes. He's been shot. He's been killed. Uh, we've had the secondary characters with Darius involved in the story and they're just not there anymore. And, and Alex, I would think Alex would be concerned about them, but he's not. Is that another plot hole here? I don't, I don't know. Haley, what did you think about it? So Alex knows Right, because that was on the news that he was killed in that hotel room. So he knows. I think he is worried, but he probably feels like he can't go to them now because they're going to blame him for the things that his parents have done. All right. I guess some things change and you just can't go back on him. Yeah. I mean, he mentioned how, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but there was a scene where he talked about, you know, someone he considered a friend had been killed and his family had treated him like family. Michelle, did you agree with Haley's explanation or you have another opinion? Well, I, there is some stuff that I do know, and I'm not going to go into that, but I mean, imagine it. You've, you've hung out with people, your parents kill a friend. What, how do you, you pick up that phone and you're like, Hey, I know my parents just killed your brother-in-law. What's up? I mean, really, what do you say? I've seen this done before in in movies and TV, and I think it's 50-50, because you could show up and they could like beat you to a bloody pulp, or you could show up and say, look, this wasn't me, and, and I'm really sorry, whatever, and then you can be excited. I don't know. It depends on how they plan to write it. I can't fault him, I guess, for taking the tack that he did. Uh, somebody that I am going to fault every single time he's on, and I'll probably be ultimately proven wrong, but it's Jonah, and he's running out of time. And he is getting worse and worse. Matter of fact, after he gets done with Robert, most of his face is in, in a white flaky skin. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got quite the two episode thread here, including bringing Robert back to pride and saying, I think this belongs to you guys. So it, it was, uh, I think the Jonah storyline is being played very well. Haley, what did you think of the Jonah storyline so far? So I, I think they did, they structured that story actually very well because you got them bringing back in the creepy sisters and him saying like they have a role and they know that role. And then you see them rescuing him at the end of the story. So that worked out really well. I like that we saw, I can't remember Nico's dad's name, but I like that we saw him take an active role in something, which we don't see a lot of. Like a lot of the time he's supporting somebody else in the group but he had the idea like he came up with the idea 
of using the bracelet technology to build this Jonah box. He did on his own. And I kept wondering why he kept on going back to the bracelet. And I keep forgetting he's like a tech genius on his own. So he analyzed it. He knows the tech. Here's the thing I don't know whether the technology could be applied to something else or was the band being used and amplified itself. And then Jonah took it back. So Robert didn't have a, another opportunity to use it. So basically do, does pride have this technology to use in the future or is it been taken away from them? I don't know. Michelle, she's seen in the future. She can't answer that, but it's a question that I have. Can Robert, first of all, I was wondering if Robert was dead and I was like, no, nah, he can't be dead. And second of all is, can they use this again? So I don't know. Haley, what do you think? Can they use it again? First of all, I think Robert might be dead because they fake killed him once already. I don't know if you can do that every season, but I would think they're pretty smart. If they've seen the technology once, they can probably replicate it. Maybe. Here's the thing, though. He said, I've been doing this on my own and everybody looked at him and he just went, I don't want to promise anything. I'll know it works when it works he might not have even shown it to anyone i'm sure he didn't i was just assuming they could go back into his records and find out what was going on i guess maybe not because his password is not stacy anyway jonah takes carolina down to the pit to meet her brother and to see the wrecked dump truck it was kind of funny how they had to throw that in there since they literally threw the dump truck down there last season and to meet her brother and then he jonah admits that this is a spaceship that she is part alien so we're getting that backstory and they find out that this was separate though this was janet found out through her sensors that it was had a gravitational drive but jonah said i this happened long before anybody was here so we're getting a sense of how long jonah has been alive and uh, so there's a lot of backstory there and he also tells Frank that it's time to pay up. And you have Frank having to deal with trying to find a runaway to kill, basically, to keep Jonah alive. Leslie's answer was really revealing to me because she was saying how it was explained to me is that every living thing needs another living thing to survive. So that was interesting. Haley, do you think that? His argument with Frank is going to hold, obviously not, but it was interesting, right? I don't know. I'm over Frank. I'm fine if he gets killed at some point. So, okay, prognostication. Are any of the parents going to die here this season? Well, Robert might be dead. Okay, Robert, and then maybe Frank. Anybody else? I mean, Stein, he's a good candidate because Jonah's kind of the one keeping him alive at this point. Yeah. It's great that Janet actually gave him cheese whiz. I've never made a Philly cheese stick. I don't know what goes into him. Don't want to know, really. And then the Shining Sisters. Frank calls them the Shining Sisters, and it's a joke, and nobody gets it. It's, that was, I don't know, that was an awkward bit of comedy right there. Frank has no game. Mm -hmm. I can't dispute it. It's basically this whole season and a half so far has been about Frank not having any game. All right. We haven't talked about the Yorks yet. They flew the drone down. They got some sample. You know, I was thinking about this. Wouldn't they want to keep like some of the sample to analyze later rather than trying to nuke it all at once? I think their plan was 
let's see if this little sample works. And while we're here, while Jonah can't stop us, we can then go and administer the rest of the thing and then be done with it. And just kill everything that's like Jonah. And to end the episodes, which you had is uh, glowing eyes in the alley artwork, basically. And then you had some glowy, sexy time going on between the two girls, which, okay, is getting into the the teen, the tween purpose of the the series here. So you had a couple of glowing things with that. I don't know. So do none of these rooms have doors or did they just not bother closing them? I think they have doors. I think they decided not to close them maybe they need to leave them open for airflow i don't know i've been a teenager before and i know the door was always closed when i was a teenager regardless of what i was doing in my room if it could be right yeah okay and that's how the two episodes were and a lot of stuff happened in the two episodes as we said i think it could have been done we think it could have been done in one episode but uh, i'm glad we watched them both back to back because we get a little bit more sense of what's going on without getting bored and pulling our hair out also to note as i said at the top of the show that these episodes all dropped at once so they probably benefited from binge watching versus one episode a week if you're going to have a slow series that could help now i think it would help if you could actually watch it sped up a little bit but you know that's just the way it is i can't because some media players have settings for that right i watch it on voodoo because that's how I bought it. We talked about that before, and there's just no way to speed it up on Voodoo. Yeah, I watch it on Hulu, and you can't. Anything else from these couple of episodes that you want to talk about, Haley? I don't think so. Okay. Michelle, anything to point out? No. I don't want to spoil anything. I appreciate that. I don't know if Haley does or not, but I do. I appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you. Okay. So that's these episodes. Uh, we're next week. We're going to go into the next two episodes of the Runaways, uh, episode six and seven. Episode six is Barry. Another episode seven is Last Rites. If you listener have anything you want to say about any of the Runaways up through episode seven of season two, please drop us a line. Let us know, and we'll talk about it in a future episode. In the meantime, it's time to get this one out, and what we're going to do is we're going to follow Topher and we're going to tunnel our way out, just like in Shawshank Redemption. Thanks, everybody, for continuing to watch and listen to this show. We really appreciate it as we power our way through the Runaways, getting ready for the season three of the Runaways later this year and we'll be catching up to cloak and dagger too as much as we can because of the promised crossover so thank you very much for subscribing and listening to the show yes thank you to everybody that's listening uh we're trying to provide you tons of awesome content and marvel is helping us do that and we appreciate everyone that's listening right now yeah thank you to everyone who interacts with us on twitter or discord and facebook we really appreciate that we appreciate you And until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next week. Don't forget to drop Lauren a line. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. 
You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.